Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. How's everybody doing? Good? I'm good. I'm really good. Oh, I was wondering what that bucket was, but that's for flowers. Yeah, no, I'm good. It was, it's been so beautiful outside. I'm not going to talk about the weather. It's, it feels like small talk, you know. How's the weather? How have you been enjoying your summer? You know, but um, I really feel like, first of all, look around. Say hello to your, your fellow your fellow friends. You guys, in you online, we're saying hello to you too. Don't worry, you're not left out. I have been like, this message has been um, brewing in me for, I want to say a few years actually. And not that it's been, it's just been a, it's mostly a testimony of the Lord's goodness and his faithfulness. But yeah, I've had, I'm, I'm telling you, I started to prepare this message on Tuesday morning and it was, it was flowing. You ever, you know, like anyone can prepare usually a good message. You take something from the, you can play a little. A little something. Sorry, I forgot that you were standing there. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> You're like, what do you want me to do? Um, tell me. I don't even know. That's how I, that's how I feel. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, it was flowing. It was like really flowing. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, we can preach. We can preach a good message. Like people can, people can prepare a message, you know, anyone, all of us. We can write down a message. We take something from this because this is living and active. This thing is alive. And any of us in here can prepare a message. But the thing is, is I, I sat down last night to like finalize it. You know, I was like meditating on it throughout the week and I sat down to finalize it. And I'm telling you what, it wasn't flowing. And I hit a wall like a massive wall. And I was like, this is, this was really good. You know, I was like, this was really good. I'm just letting you into my thought process. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter, but it matters because I I say all this to say the Lord has something for us tonight. The Lord has something for us tonight. You guys are all here, not an accident, but for a divine purpose. And those of you watching online, it's the same thing for you because the Lord is going to encounter you right where you're at. That's his promise. That's his promise. And so I, I'm telling you, I was like, wow, that was really good. But there was just like something inside of me was like, but that's not, that's not what it is, you know? So are you guys good if we just roll with it? Can we just like posture our hearts to the Lord even right now, like where you're at? Just focus on him. 
like we were singing tonight, like come and behold him. We become what we behold. And so Father God, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you here. Come and reign. Let your name be glorified. Let your presence come, Father God. We thank you for moving. We prepare our hearts. We lay down everything. We lay down our hearts before you. I know that it can be easy in your seat to be thinking about the things that you have to do when you get home. But I wanna encourage you to just picture Jesus. If your mind is going all different directions, picture him. Picture him. He wants to encounter our hearts tonight. Thank you, Lord. Come and move. We lay down all heaviness. Anything that we've picked up, any anxiety and depression, those things that so can so easily entangle us, the busyness of life, we lay that down. We lay that down. We come before you. with nothing so that you can give us whatever you want. We give you ourselves so that you can give us something in return, something even better like that great exchange. Let your presence fall in this place. Let your presence fall in this place, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for reviving hearts, restoring strength, renewing our strength, instilling that passion inside of us again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You can keep playing. That'd be awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it, I was, I just celebrated my birthday. 20, thank you. Um, I am now 24 years old. Some of, me, some of you may be thinking, wow, that's really young. And I know it's very young. 
but I always think that there's no age in the kingdom. Probably there is, but I just think that because sometimes people can look down upon you because of your age, but I refuse to be put into that. It says in the Bible though, it says, don't let people look down upon you because of your age, but instead be an example to them in all things. And so I know there's no age in the kingdom. So let's all pretend like we're five and have childlike faith, right? But be, okay, we're just gonna stop that. But Psalm 23, I felt like the Lord said, when I had just turned 23 years old, I felt like the Lord was like, this is your promise for year 23. This is the promise that I have for you. And at the time I was like, okay, cool. You know, like it's really good. And I think that, you know, I was, medit I was telling Jake this morning, I'm like, I think, you know, Bobby Connor says, we become too familiar with a God that we barely know. He says that. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, we become too familiar with the word that we barely know. We become too familiar with this word because when I said Psalm 23, I'm sure some of you are like, oh, I know that. I am guilty. I am guilty, you know? The Lord is my shepherd, you know? And then we start like, we can say it. We just know, we know the word, which is really good. We need to know the word, but not to be able to look at the word through the same lens every single time we open it because this word is alive. And I think that sometimes we look at this word and we're like, mm, well, I have my notes here that I already took. And so I don't need to read that because I already read that. No, the Lord's gonna speak something fresh, no matter, we need to have the fresh perspective to read this word because he's going to speak something new every single time we open this Bible. It's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be the same. It's gonna be something that we need for the now. And I'm telling you, I know that Psalm 23, it's like a promise for my life forever. I just felt like the Lord was saying, Psalm 23 is your year 23's promise. Well, anyways, I was reading it this week, just going over it. Actually, I was reading it before Pastor Shar preached last Saturday, and it was really, it was just a really cool confirmation. But if you guys have your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind turning with me to Psalm 23. I really believe that the Lord is gonna to touch our hearts tonight in areas that we forgot that maybe even were there. You know, like areas that may have been, may have been calloused, may have been hardened that we didn't even know. You know, like when you're working out your muscles, like we went for a hike yesterday, when you're working out your muscles, we were walking up and then going down, you're working different muscles. I'm like, dad, I didn't even know that I had these muscles. You know, I'm like, this really hurts. Like my legs are shaking and I only took like five steps down the stairs. Really steep though. You know, you're, like you're working muscles. I really believe that's what the feeling that we're gonna have. It's gonna be a good feeling. It's like a refreshing feeling when that happens. He wants to refresh us tonight and he's going to do something inside of us that we, each of us needs individually. He's gonna meet us right where we're at. Psalm 23 verse one, it says, the Lord is my, my shepherd. And I want to stop right there because the rest of this psalm, the fruit of this psalm is based on this. The Lord is my shepherd. And I want to ask you, the shepherd is somebody that leads, guides, directs, cares for, takes care of, comforts, 
protects. That's what a shepherd is. And I'm wondering, who's the shepherd of our life? Because the shepherd of our life, it's really gonna determine whether or not we experience the fruits of Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me in all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And sometimes I wonder if we're not experiencing the fruits of Psalm 23 because we are the ones that are trying to lead our own life. The shepherd is somebody that leads. The shepherd is somebody that guides. The shepherd is somebody that directs a path. The fruits of Psalm 23 is that I have all that I need. And sometimes I wonder if we think that we have all that we need or we don't think that we have all that we need. And so we need to try to get all that we need. Like Andrew was talking about with tithes and offerings. He does more with our 10% than we can do with our 100%. The Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. If he's my shepherd, I will have all that I need. If he's my shepherd, I will rest in green meadows. If he is my shepherd, he will be the one to lead me beside the peaceful streams. If we're not experiencing peace in our life, who's our shepherd? Who's our shepherd? If we're not resting in green meadows, who's our shepherd? I understand we will experience trials and tribulation, but God is still with us in those moments because he's the one that's leading us there. Who's our shepherd? He renews my strength. When we feel like we have no strength, who's leading us? Are we taking the reins? Are we taking control of our life? He wants to restore this. He wants to revive this. He wants to be the shepherd of our life. He guides me along right paths. A path is something that's already been plowed before you. It's already been gone ahead. It's a path, that's, that's how you know it's a path. It's like this aisle right here. It's already been gone before. Somebody has already gone before it. He guides me along, along the right paths if he is my shepherd. If he is my shepherd. Tonight, he wants to be our shepherd. Tonight and all the time. But he's speaking this tonight. He wants to be the shepherd of our lives. He wants to lead us. You know, it's like driving a car. It's like, Lord, I, you, you can be the shepherd of my life. You can lead me. You can guide me. And we give him control of our life, so to say. And we're letting him drive the car. We're sitting in the passenger seat. And we're like, oh gosh, I'm not sure where you're going. I'm not sure when, when we're going to get there or how we're going to get there or what route you're going to take to get there. And so from the passenger seat, we decide to grab the steering wheel and take control. The Lord does not want a co-leader. <laughs> he does not want a co-shepherd. He is the shepherd. He is my shepherd. <laughs> he doesn't want us. First of all, it's not safe. 
we need we need to surrender our control. <laughs> but he doesn't want us to drive and try to take the wheel from the passenger seat. He wants to be the shepherd of our lives. So anyways, I'm going to take you guys on a journey with me. But just remember, the Lord wants to be the shepherd. It takes, up, it takes us giving up our right to understand. It takes us giving up our right to control. It takes us giving up our right. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and to not lean on your own opinion, but in all of your ways, submit yourself and he will make your path straight. Submit yourself and he will make your path straight and do not rely on your own opinion. Last weekend, Pastor Shara was sharing her heart and she was reading in John, you know, and it's been a while. I don't, I don't feel the presence of God a lot. I'm not like, I'm sensitive to the Lord. I, I wanna say that I'm sensitive to the Lord, but I'm not like, wow, I really feel the presence of the Lord in here. So when I feel the presence of the Lord, like I'm like taking note, like what's happening, what, you know, all the things. She was reading out of, she was reading in John and all of a sudden I felt like this heat consumed my body. And I felt like the Lord started to speak to me. And so if that happens to you tonight, if the Lord starts to speak to you while I'm speaking, don't listen to me because he's wanting to encounter you. So don't, don't listen to me. Listen to what the Lord is doing because I promise you, it changed my life. It changed my life. John 14, 15 through 16, it says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. That's what Pastor Shar had read last weekend. And when she read the part where it says, who will never leave you, does something ever just click inside of you? Like, it's like, wow, that's, that's exactly what I needed. And you may have heard that a million times before, but all of a sudden that one instance, it clicks for you and it does something to your insides. Either this word is all true or none of it's true. And I think that sometimes we read the word and we're like, oh, you know, that sounds really nice and whatever. But it says, he, who will never leave you? And sometimes I think we live our lives as though we need to do something for him to be with us. But it says he will never leave us. We don't ever have to do anything more. He will never leave us. We don't have to pray a certain way or do a certain thing. He's with me and he's never gonna leave me. And he's with you and he's never gonna leave you. This might sound like super elementary, but the thing is, sometimes we need the elementary because Jesus is not elementary. Jesus is not elementary. It really stirred something inside of me because the Lord wants to reveal himself in new ways. He wants to reveal himself as a shepherd. He wants to reveal himself in ways that we have not seen yet. And we hear that and we're like, oh, okay, our natural minds do not understand. But like I said, in, when it says in Proverbs 3, it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and to not lean on your own understanding because he's doing something now that he hasn't done and that he won't do and he's doing it now. 
and He needs our hearts to be prepared for what He's doing right now. For what He's doing right now. It says in Habakkuk 1.5, this is so good. Habakkuk 1.5, it says, Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed, for I am doing something new in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. He's doing something now in our own day that even if somebody told you about it, you wouldn't even believe it. That's what he's doing. He's doing something. He's doing something right now and he wants our hearts to be prepared for what he's doing. And there's things there's things that he needs for us to take out in order for us to be able to go higher. That sifting and that shifting Pastor Shar has been talking about. You know, I was thinking about it and we we sift and we shift to like get things like mixed together in like whatever, all this stuff. And I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, if you put like a rock in the little sifter, like it's not gonna go through. That's, that's like the illustration. The Lord wants to take those rocks and he wants to throw them as far away as we can, the things that are inside of us. These are some things that I've been feeling in my personal life. And I really believe they're for a lot of us. Is it okay if we, if I share those with you guys, take you on a journey? What I'm about to tell you guys hasn't been like, like I said, it's been years coming. And if you guys hear the things that I'm about to say, it might save you a little bit of time. That's why the vulnerability is coming. And so he, he had my heart, the Lord had my heart but he wasn't always allowed to be the shepherd of my heart. He could have this part, but I still wanted to hold on to it. And if I'm being completely honest with you guys, I've wrestled with my calling, the calling on my life a lot. I think that we oftentimes we go through struggles, but I've wrestled with it. And a lot of moments where quitting sounded way better than continuing. <laughs> quitting sounded way easier than continuing on. It's like a temporary satisfaction, of course, we all know that. But it sounded like the easier solution than sticking it out. And you know what that is? It's apathy. That, that feeling of indifference. I feel like there's, a, there's these things lingering around in the church that the enemy has allowed. He's like, he's gotten a hold of us in a couple of areas and the Lord wants to take us higher. And we are free from all of these things the apathy, the indifference, the feeling of being blah and meh in regards to our relationship with the Lord and the things that the Lord has placed in advance for us to do. It doesn't seem or feel exciting or fresh. We're just going through the motions of the things that we know to do. Like I need to spend time with the Lord. We're just going through the motions of I need to spend time with the Lord or I need to read his word like the I need to mentality. Apathy is attached to the I need to mentality. Apathy is attached to the I need to mentality. 
we just go through the motions or maybe we do it because who knows, Pastor Rob might get a word of knowledge and call me out on it. That's why I need to do it. It's like those are for the wrong, those are, no. <laughs> that apathy feeling is a distraction and a tool from the devil. And we begin to do things out of obligation rather than out of love. Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus isn't interested in what we can say, the, the words that can come out of our mouth. He's not really interested in that if the heart doesn't line up with that. Jesus is more interested in our heart than our words. And this is not to cause condemnation or shame at all. I know that it can probably feel heavy, but if, if anything that I'm saying tonight feels like, like I'm talking to you, it's probably the Lord knocking at the door of your heart saying, hey, I want to take you higher and we go from glory to glory. And so because of that, I love you so much and I want this thing out. I want this thing out. So if you feel at any point, because I've been there, I've been sitting right there and I feel like the person up here is talking directly to my heart. Like, have you been, walk have you been watching me behind closed doors? Because you don't even know. <laughs> so if that's you, don't shut that feeling out, but it's not to cause shame or condemnation at all. It's to reveal the Father's heart for what I personally have been experiencing in my own life. He wants us to be with Him because we wanna be with Him, not because we feel like we have to be with Him. And I believe that thing's gonna break that apathetic feeling that has been drowning us out is going to break off in the name of Jesus. Like tonight, that drag of like, oh, I have to go to cell group or I have to go to celebration or I have to go to my job or I have to talk to this person about Jesus because somebody at celebration told me that people need to know about Jesus. Like that I have to and I need to mentality is going to break off because that is, that is apathy. Jesus is going to revive our insides again. Jesus is going to refresh and revive the insides again. We are going to have passion and excitement and zeal for not just the things of God, but for life in itself again. How about isolation? Did you know that the health risks of prolonged isolation are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day? I mean, that's pretty crazy to me because I, I don't smoke and I've definitely isolated for a prolonged period of time. <laughs> and honestly, like that's, you can look that up. Somebody told me that when we were at Casa last weekend and I was like, whoa. Yeah, we were at Casa, so good. So that's probably a word from the Lord. You should go to Casa after this. Okay, perfect. No. <laughs> God never meant us he never meant for us to be alone, ever. It says it like in the beginning of the Bible, it is not good for man to be alone. That's like in the beginning of the word, like it's not good for man to be alone. He didn't create us to be isolated. He didn't create us to be an island. He didn't create us to do life alone. He didn't create us for that because when you are isolated, nothing good comes out of isolation, unless you're in Jamaica. on vacation. Am I right? Yeah. 
for real. But when you're isolated, it says in Proverbs 18:1, one who isolates seeks his own desires. That's not the desires of the Lord. Isolation is not from God. Unless God has called you into a time away with him, there's a difference. Because in isolation, that like lies come in. We give way to other things because we're not surrounding ourselves with people that we can lean on. We're not surrounding ourselves with godly influences. We're not surrounding ourselves with faith. Like that's, it's not God's will for us to be isolated. So nothing good can come out of isolation. Isolation is not from the Lord unless he calls you away to be with himself. And I, I fear that some of us have fallen into isolation. And he wants to, the thing is, is I think we can fall into isolation for more than one reason. We can fall into isolation because we're like, who cares? Nobody will even care if I'm not there. Nobody will even care if I don't show up to my job. My life, my life, it doesn't matter. Like we fall into isolation because the, the father of lies comes into our mind and he plants these seeds of doubt and insecurity. He plants these lies and we buy onto these lies and it pulls us into a pit of isolation. He's the father of lies. The enemy is the father of lies and his, his tactics are like, it says in John 10 that if whoever doesn't come through the gate and the one that sneaks over the top is not, he's there to kill, steal and destroy. The enemy is sneaky. And if he can get us to buy onto lies, we're losing time. But as soon as we can recognize it, the Lord will redeem our time. Like, oh, they're not gonna notice if you're not there. Oh, it'll, it'll just be better if you probably just leave. Or you just, you know, go, just go be. That's a lie. Isolation is a lie. And the thing is, is when we fall into isolation, we have nobody there to speak the truth over us. I mean, God is there if we, pull, if we lean on him, but it can be hard to pull ourselves out of isolation because man was never meant to be isolated. So some of you may feel like you're on an island in here, but the truth of the matter is God sees you and he's calling you off of that island. He's extending his hand saying, hey, he's doing his part. He's extending his hand to pull you off of the island. And sometimes I think that he'll get us off the island, which is true because the Lord loves us. But I think that he wants us to do our part of it. He wants us to meet him halfway. Like you want to get off the island. Okay, what are you going to do to get off the island? Are you going to stop stinking thinking? Are you going to repent for thinking about partnering with the lies that the enemy has planted in your mind? We cannot help every thought that we have, but we can help every thought that we hold. The thoughts that we think about, the things that we're meditating on. He's exposing these things so that we can be taken higher. He's shedding light on areas in our hearts that we have given to the enemy some territory and we're taking it back. But the thing is, is I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself. None of us. We can't want it more for, for you because the thing is, is my pastors want it really bad for me. My breakthrough and my freedom, they want it really bad for me. I looked at them just a couple month, like a month or so ago. And I was just explaining like, no, it's been a really hard season and I would 
like in the in my mind, I'm like, I would rather quit than continue to do this. It would just it would just be way easier to quit than to continue to do this. And Pastor Rob's like, I see a warfare season over you. I sense a warfare season over you. And I don't believe that warfare season is done. But I'm telling you, we got to do war. We got to go against the things that are trying to steal us from the feet of Jesus. This whole message is not about to give you like we're getting somewhere. This is not just to be like, oh yeah, apathy and isolation. Like that's not a positive message. This message is to get us to the feet of Jesus. But these are the things that we need to throw out so that we can come in before the Lord. It says in Psalm 24, it says, who will climb the mountain of the Lord? The one that has a pure heart. The one that does not put anything before the Lord, that does not worship any other idols. An idol is something that is placed before the Lord. Intimacy with Jesus isn't a formula. It's a relationship. And it takes time to cultivate a relationship. I didn't just like see my husband one day walking in the grocery store and then all of a sudden get married to him the next day. Like it took a little bit of time to get to know somebody, you know? And the same thing is with Jesus. We don't just like, he reveals himself in different areas, in different ways, in different times of our life, because the more that we spend time with him, the more that we get to know him, the more he gives himself to us and the more that we give him ourselves to him. And so I'm telling you, have I experienced apathy in my relationship with the Lord? Yes, 100%, a thousand percent, a million percent. And I believe that I will again. I, w- I believe that I'll have to fight that again, eventually. I'm human, I fight things. And I think that I actually went through a period of time where I felt like I forgot how to pray. Like, oh, what is, how do I even pray? And you're probably like, well, that sounds really crazy. Or maybe you've experienced that too. But it's like, I took on what other people, how other people were praying and I tried to make it as my own and it really confused me. I'm just being 100% real. It probably sounds really weird, but that's okay because if this helps one person, it's worth it. Be you with the Lord. I literally had so much breakthrough even just this week because I just sat with the Lord and I was like, I don't know if I lost my understanding of how to pray, but I just want your presence. I just want to be with you. That is all I want. And from there, he can do something with that. And he did something with that. I promise you that something in my heart shifted. That apathetic feeling faded away. There was no more apathetic feeling. There was no more, I need to go spend time with the Lord because the Lord's not interested in having us to have the I need to mentality. He wants us to have the I want to, I can't live without, I need you forever mentality. My life will not be the same. I can tell when I haven't spent time with the Lord. I can tell when I haven't spent time with the Lord. How about disunity in my relationships? I didn't mention that one, but disunity in relationships, absolutely. These have been things that have come into my, come into my life, into my world, had, had come into. Isolation, absolutely. I noticed right away when I would begin to isolate. 
And I would use it as, oh, no, I'm good. Everything's fine. People would reach out to me. Hey, is everything okay? Yeah, nope, I'm good. You know, just processing some things or just like, just, just doing it, you know. But I placed myself on an island because I gave way to wrong thinking. Because I gave way to wrong thoughts. I stayed on that island for a long time. And I'm telling you this, like this was years. And it progressively like goes somewhere not so good when we give way to these things. We can't afford to live like he's not with us. Because he is. And the thing is, is he sees exactly what you're needing right now. Right now. He's not interested in competing with other voices. We need to tune those voices out. The voices that sometimes we become so familiar with the father of lies and not the father of truth. We become so familiar we become more familiar. I'm afraid that we become more familiar with the father of lies' voice than we do our own father that has never left us and will never leave us. So how long do we keep living like it? What did I do to get out of it? What did I do to get out of this place? It took me years. Here's what I did. I fasted. I fasted intentionally. Sometimes we forget to eat. I don't know. I've heard that a lot within the young people. We sometimes just forget to eat. I don't know how that happens, but it's a thing. But I intentionally set my mind on fasting. I set limits on my phone for apps. I had a dream. I had a dream with Pastor Bob like two months ago. And in the dream, he looked at me. He's like, um, you need breakthrough in your life. And do you want to know a thing? He said, you need to get off social media. You need to get off of social media. And that for me, I think that it was more than social media, but it was a start for me. And so sometimes we need to do things to get our breakthrough. Set, setting app limits, setting boundaries for my phone in general. I started to become self-aware of the things that I was thinking about. I got desperate. How long was I going to let myself live like that? How long was I going to give ground to the enemy? How long was I going to let those lies burn in my mind to isolate myself. I, I showed up to church. You guys saw me here, but I was still living a life of isolation. We can still live in a life of isolation and be around people. It's the condition of our heart. It's the posture of our heart. And the Lord is, the Lord is more interested in our heart than in anything we can do for Him. The Lord is more interested in who, who we are. I changed my prayer life. I shifted the wrong thinking in the old habits. I, I threw off other people's prayer life and I, I told the Lord, like, I want my own. I want my own. I am not, I am not Pastor Shar. I am not my husband. I am not Pastor Bob. I am not anybody in my cell. I am me and you are you. And the Lord wants to cultivate a relationship with you that is unique to you because none of us in here are the same. Each of us are different. So each of us will have a unique relationship. My relationship with Pastor Shar is different than your relationship with Pastor Shar because we are each unique. And that's how it is with our Father. 
our relationships with him are going to be unique. I intentionally shifted the posture of my heart, the meditation of my heart. It says in Psalms 19, 14 in the Passion Translation, it says, so may the words of my mouth, my meditation and thoughts and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only redeemer and protector. I took Jesus for his word. We got to take Jesus for his word. The meditation of our heart matters. We become what we behold. So what are we thinking about? What's the meditation of my heart? Is the, because what I think about myself is what I will become. And I'm telling you, the communication line between the Lord and I, I don't know that I've ever experienced anything like it because I was intentionally changing my insides. He wants to revive our insides and it takes diligence to throw out the rocks. It takes diligence to throw out the things that were never placed there by him. It says in Matthew, it says that I will, my father will uproot anything that he has not planted inside of us. If we give him permission, we can have these things grow inside of us all day long. But if we give him permission, he will uproot anything inside of us that he did not plant. He will take what the enemy meant for evil, those things that have been planted way down deep inside of us, and he will turn it for good because he loves. So tonight, he's looking for our hearts. He's looking for our hearts. He's looking for our hearts. You know, it says in 1 Samuel, it says, man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. God's more interested in our heart. It says in Matthew, it says like, you've come to me and you've done all of these things. You know, you've casted out demons and we casted out demons in your name. We did um, signs and wonders in your name, whatever. We did all of these things in your name. And, and Jesus said, get away from me. I never knew you. He's not interested in what we can do unless we're loving him. He's more interested in our love than the things that we can do. He's way more interested in the things of our heart than he is for the things that we can do. He wants to lead you home off the island that some have been on. He wants to chip away the calloused hearts in here. He wants to break down walls around your heart that you've been putting up for protection. He wants to tenderize your heart to feel again. He wants to take you back. He wants to restore in you that first love that first love where you can't wait to get into your time with the Lord. 
when you wake up and he's the only thing that you're thinking about. He's the meditation of your heart. You're when you're doing when you're just doing something around the house, you're speaking in tongues. You just can't can't do anything but thank him for who he is. Revelation 2 says, "I know all the things you do." I have seen your hand. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. At first. At first. At first. It was all out of pure love. We don't pray because we're a ministry leader. We don't pray to gain something. We don't spend time with him for that reason. We spend time with him to love him because he's worth it. That's why. And he's going to revive He's going to do what's those things that you defib defibrillator thank you defibrillator That's what he's going to do to our hearts because that's what he wants to do. Do you guys want it? Yeah, resuscitation. That's going to happen to our insides. It's not natural. It is supernatural. It is something that we cannot understand with our natural mind. but something is going to shift on the inside of us if we want it i believe that so can we stand you know that i wasn't actually supposed to preach this weekend so that's how i know first of all i'm sweating that's great this, yeah i wasn't supposed to preach but I was asked out of obedience and I believe the Lord wants to do something inside of us. This thing is going to this thing is going to shatter. Can we just worship the Lord? It's not, honestly this is, has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with a word that I could give you. Although I was obedient to what I felt like the Lord spoke to me. But it's really about the Lord wanting to encounter us if we want to encounter him. if we're ready to lay aside those things that have been entangling us yeah can we just sing something that focuses on the lord not us <laughs> don't focus on us but for real let's give him something and if you want to come up i really invite you to come up because I have been burning on the inside preparing this message the lord is going to do something inside of us if you guys yeah yeah
Amen. Thank you, Lord. All will see how great you are. All will see how great you are. We behold you. We behold you, Father God. We behold you. We behold you. I thank you that when we praise you, and we behold you, things shift. Things shift, Father God. So we thank you for breaking off apathy. We thank you for pulling us off of the island and back into community with you and with your people, Father God. I thank you for tenderizing hearts in this place. If you wouldn't mind putting your hand on your heart, Father God, I thank you for tenderizing hearts in this place. I thank you that hearts that were calloused will now feel again, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that we will become more familiar in a good way with your voice. In Jesus' name, Father God, I thank you for the words of life. I thank you for the words of truth that you're speaking into each of our hearts in this moment. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I thank you. We give you permission to be the shepherd of our lives. We give you permission to lead us and to guide us, to direct us, to protect us. In Jesus' name. We thank you for reviving our insides. Father God, I thank you for reviving our insides. I thank you for refreshing our souls. In Jesus' name, I thank you that it's not a natural thing, but it's a supernatural thing. In Jesus' name, I thank you for that. I thank you that we may not understand it, but we will experience the fruits of Psalm 23. In Jesus' name, we thank you for never leaving us, for always being the same, Father God for always being the same. You're always the same. You're constant. You're constant. And we want to be at your feet. Help us to come with pure hearts and to give you everything, to give you all that we are. We love you and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the great exchange. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If we could have the ministry team come, and if you feel like there's something that you need prayer for, please don't leave. Please receive prayer. But anyways, we'll be here tomorrow. So we love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.